The Chris Cast is recorded live in front of no audience. And everyone, welcome to the Chris Cast. I'm your host, Chris, and joining me once again through the Anchor app is Paul. Say hello, Paul. Hello, Paul. Well, got a lot of news to get into this week, so let's get started. First up, I got some of the uh, um, food items here, which first one's not exactly food item, but it relates. This is from Mashed.com. Miller Lite is celebrating Pride Month with a new book. The article reads, although it can feel like brands are just now jumping on the Pride Month bandwagon, Miller Lite has actively been supporting the LGBTQ plus community since the 1970s when the brand was one of the sponsors of the Folsom Street Fair in San Francisco. Moreover, the popular beer brand was a welcome presence at Pride events in New York City during the 90s and led the charge in offering, quote, same-sex domestic partner benefits starting in 2000. In 2017, Miller Lite partnered with the Equality Federation, which is an advocacy accelerator rooted in social justice, building power in our network of state-based lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer advocacy organizations, per the Equality Federation's official website. It says... Beers and Queer History highlights bars that have been invaluable to the LGBTQ plus community. So apparently it's a a history of gay bars is what it sounds like. It says in October 2021 during LGBTQ plus History Month, Miller Lite announced the pre-sale of Beers and Queer History, which was written by historian Dr. Eric Cervini and highlights bars that have played a crucial role in the LGBTQ plus community over the years. This year, just in time for Pride Month, Miller Lite announced that physical copies of the book are now available. So, That's neat. Yeah. I, I will say one thing, and it's it's not a, a beverage or food company, but it, this article mentioned that they were giving same-sex domestic partner benefits starting in 2000. I worked at Blockbuster Music in the 90s. Our yeah. store closed early 1998. And in our insurance in the 90s, Viacom, which is now Paramount, because they keep changing their name, but they had partnership benefits and it clearly say, stated spouse or same-sex spousal equivalent. That is pretty forward-thinking at that time. Yeah, it was very forward-thinking. And so, you know, Miller Lite was not breaking ground there because I have to give credit to my old job. And quite honestly, Blockbuster Music, and I've told many people this, was my absolute favorite job that I've ever had. I have never enjoyed a job as much as I enjoyed that one. And that... What made it so enjoyable? What did you like doing just there? The, the atmosphere, the co-workers, the management, the job itself. I mean, it was... You know me. I'm very much about entertainment. So this was a music store. That was our focus. I knew what I was selling. I didn't have to actively seek out information because it was information I was already seeking out and it was at a time where I still enjoyed new music so you know that that time is long since passed because new music now sucks let me well, just tell you 
Well, you got to have access to all the new Mariah Carey albums as those coming out. Oh, because we're going to talk about you, Mariah Carey on this Because I, I know how much you love Mariah Carey. Oh, we, we got a little talk about Mariah Carey coming up, but that's later. So, yes. I remember one specific time I came in and I saw you there, Chris. And Mariah Carey had just uh, introduced a song... Um, what was it? She wanna drive drive the block, drive the round the block, and spy again. She wanna, you know, what is it? That song, uh, Heartbreaker. It was the song. I carry lyrics. It was the song Heartbreaker. You know, Heartbreaker. You got the best of it, and it was playing. You was it was playing over the loud the sound system there, which the sound system in there sounded pretty good because you are selling music. And um, I remember looking at you, you said, if I hear this song one more time, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> well, honestly, there, you can just... say a lot of things about me, but you can't say that I'm willy-nilly on my entertainment choices because I have stuck by my decisions for life. I will always remember that because that song was like the heart of popularity because it just came out. And you looked at me like you were ready to die. <laughs> so it's, it's like, literally, have you ever known me to like Mariah Carey? Well, you like the song. Um, what is no. That? I, um, let me finish. It was Mariah song. Carey. All I want for Christmas is you. I know no, you like that. I song. Oh, I thought you like it. No. Never liked well, it. The only song that she had anything to do with that I enjoyed was where she sang background for Babyface. Her part I didn't care for, but Babyface I did. What song was that? Uh, it's been 20 years since I've listened to the song. I didn't realize she sang background of Babyface. Every time I close my eyes. Oh, I know that song. Yeah, that I was. She sang background of that. Yeah. No clue. Oh, it's very obvious that it's Mariah Carey in that song, but. I'm going to have to go and listen to that song now. Yeah. Huh. Babyface is tremendous talent. Mariah Carey, please leave her out. Well, see, Madonna sang background to Babyface as well. No, she sang no. with him. What was it? He sang background to Madonna. Oh, that's what it was. That's what it was. What song? Take a bow. That's it. And I didn't know until they were performing for the awards that he was doing background on it. You didn't know that was him doing background of that song? Not until the awards presentations. Oh, wow. I, even I knew that. So, I, That was one I found out along the way. Never stopped huh? liking the song. Yeah, Babyface is a good producer. Well, but back to the food topic. This next oh. one is from CNET, and I'm I'm just going to name the things. I'm not going to read the article because it's the article is titled Taste the Rainbow, 25 Food and Beverage Brands Supporting Pride. They have Oreo cookies, Skittles, neon pink Pop-Tarts, snacks, baked by Melissa, Bobo's, uh, it's sugar, and it's called Rainbow Bacon in the picture there. Now, it's and, sugar is a store. 
Well, this is it sugar, it apostrophe sugar. Yeah, they have their own stores. Part of your unhealthy breakfast. Yeah, they have their own stores. I've been in their stores. They had used to have one in Charleston on the rain on the on the uh, market. So, but it, they're the sale of that does sponsor Glad, so goes to a good organization. For those who don't know, Glad stands for Gays and Lesbians Alliance Against Defamation. So I thought it meant for gays and lesbians against drinking and driving. No, that would be G L A D D instead oh. of G L A D. He know I was picking. <laughs> You're an idiot too. But anyways, moving on. Insomnia cookies. This is another one on this list. Voodoo donuts. Ooh, that sounds wonderful. Collectivo coffee. Cream plus sugar. Smart oh. sweets. I never heard of those. Chocolate coffee. Chocolate coffee? Oh, Schneinwater is $36, I guess, for a 12-pack. Still won't be buying that. Curio Spice. Absolute Vodka, once again. Absolute does that every year. Bud Light has a rainbow-colored bottle. Barefoot Wines, which I know you can get them at Target. We saw them there over the weekend. Miller Light, as we mentioned earlier. Crystal Head Vodka, and it's a skull with a rainbow. That's actually a pretty bottle. Like, if you get the chance, look up the Crystal Head Vodka Rainbow Skull Bottle, because it's a pretty bottle. But it's $5 at Drizzly. Future Gin, House Wine, Gay Beer. Gay Beer? Gay Beer. Wow. Cat Wine Spritzers. Illegal, I guess, I-L-E-G-A-L, Mezcal, Ogden's Own, and it looks like that's it. So there's 25 companies, food and beverage, that are celebrating Pride this month. Well, most of those are alcohol. Well, the snacks were not. Well, I know, but a lot of that was alcohol companies. There was some water in there, but... Most of the beverages were alcohol. Yeah. Seems like Coca-Cola would have done something. Coca-Cola usually does. Well, they might. It just wasn't on that list. Pepsi-Cola yeah. same. Yeah. Well, Lucky um, Charms is. I mean, they, they're magically oh, delicious. And Lucky Charms, they always have, they have rainbows in there. So I always, every time I see that, I think, oh my gosh, they support the gays. Which, have you ever seen the movie The Vanishing with Kiefer Sutherland? It has been eons, yeah. Well, it's been a long time since I've watched it, but there's one thing, and Lucky Charms made me think of it. Because there's the crazy lady that lives across the way from him. And she saw the abduction of his girlfriend, and he goes over and talks to her about it, and she tells him what happened, and then she goes, and then that little leprechaun. Jumped off of my cereal box, started dancing around, singing. They're magically delicious. They're magically uh, delicious. And it was just my favorite moment of the entire film. And it was a good we movie. Might have to, we might have to watch that. I don't know if it's playing anywhere, but it's 
it was a really good movie and it was one of Sandra Bullock's first roles because she's the initial girlfriend that disappears. Yeah, like I said, it's been, God, that came out in the 80s, didn't it? 90s, early 90s. I was thinking it's like 88. I'm thinking like 92, 93. Let's see what it says here. I would look it up, but I can't. Vanishing. I forgot to bring home my extra iPad from work. The Vanishing 1993 film. 1993, okay. Because yeah, I was thinking I was working at the Terrace Theater at the time, and I started there in 92, so... Hey, speaking of the Terrace Theater, have you looked up um, the Carolina Theater? No. Lately? What they're showing? No. They're showing Top Gun there, a first-run movie. Sometimes they get them. But they got it, and also the AMC has got it there in Hickory at the same time. Well, they, they're probably not charging the discounted rate on Top Gun, but... But I'm going to see it on Monday. Um, I... one, of my, one of my old co-workers, she, she retired um, probably about five years ago, and she got in touch with me wanting to know if I want to go see the movie with her. I said, you know what? We'll go see it. So I'm going to go see it Monday. I wasn't a big fan of the original, so... I don't really plan on seeing it. Well, I will review it next week. Uh, Moving on with food, though. Out of the pride stuff now. This is from foodandwine.com. Mountain Dew Baja Blast is returning to stores this summer with three new flavors and an energy drink. Uh, Okay, we need to really do some homework of how many flavors are Mountain Dew has now. Well, that can be your assignment for next week. Hold on. Hey, Siri, remind me this weekend to look up... Where are you at? Hey, Siri, remind me this weekend to look up how many Mountain Dew flavors there are. Uh, Okay. the The article reads here... Mountain Dew Baja Blast famously launched as a Taco Bell exclusive flavor in 2004, back when the mountain was still a mountain. MTN was still a M-O-U-N-T-A-N, T-A-I-N, and has since inspired decades of chain exclusive Mountain Dew flavors, including two this year alone, Mountain Dew Legend at Buffalo Wild Wings and Mountain Dew Purple Thunder at Circle K. The Baja Blast has continued to remain popular over the years and has gone on to receive semi-regular summertime releases at retail shops since 2014. For summer 2022, that means both Baja Blast and Baja Blast Zero Sugar are returning to store shelves nationwide for a limited time, along with a couple new iterations, Mountain Dew Baja Mango Gem and Mountain Dew Baja Gold. The former is billed as, quote, a colorful orange tropical mango flavor, while the latter is a, quote, bright, Island pineapple flavor. Then for the first time ever, Baja Blast is getting the energy drink treatment with the release of Mountain Dew Energy Baja Blast, described as featuring, quote, all the flavor of the original Baja Blast in addition to the added benefits of City Soclean or City Clean uh, uh, zinc and caffeine, which provide a jolt of energy and a boost to mental clarity with zero added sugar. And can you tell I don't know the first thing about City Colleen? I don't even know. What is that? C-I-T-I-C-O-L-I-N-E is all I know. 
Never heard of it. It's it sounds what, like something you'd drink to have a to have a damn colonoscopy with. Let's see what Google says here. Citicoline, also known as well, we're not even gonna try that, is an intermediate in the generation of phosphatidylcholine from choline, a common biochemical process in cell membranes. Yeah, I don't understand any of that, so that's the best I can tell you. Why would you want to put that in a drink and it has something to do with your cellular stuff? I don't know. Yeah, but moving on, from foodandwine.com, Cheez-Its new crackers use cheese aged to hip-hop music. You've got to be kidding me. Cheez-It X Pandora aged by audio crackers will be sold exclusively through Cheez-Its online shop. Aging alcoholic beverages to music isn't particularly uncommon. We've seen beer aged to the sweet sounds of Wu-Tang Clan and Metallica ages their whiskey with a patent pending, quote, sonic enhancement system called Black Noise that, of course, plays their own music. But booze isn't the only product that ages, so can cheese. So follow me on this slight mental leap. Cheez-It has teamed with streaming music site Pandora to create what they are billing as the first ever sonically aged cheese snack in the form of limited edition Cheez-It X Pandora aged by audio crackers. Is you know, I love Cheez-Its. Is that supposed to change the way it tastes? I do not know. I love Cheez-Its. I don't really have a desire to get hip-hop aged, but they might be really good. And I figure being Cheez-Its, they will be. Now, I love Cheez-Its too. Have you try my favorite ones are the are the big and toasty that has the, they're toasty, they're slightly darker, kind of burnt. Oh my god, those are the best. Have you tried those? No. They're very good. I, I highly suggest it. I really enjoy the pizza flavored Cheez-Its. Those give me kind of like in my throat. Ugh, I don't like it. I like. I like it. I'm a purist. I either like the white cheddar, the regular ones, or um, the the big and toasty ones. Those are my three flavors. I can't remember which the duos, but there's one of the duos that's really good. I think it's like sharp cheddar and something. There's one yeah. that's something in Parmesan. I can't remember. The duos are usually pretty good. I don't but. think I've ever tried the duos. I, I mean, it's cheese. It's I, I enjoy them quite a bit. And I do have another pride food thing here. Did you see Burger King's Pride Whopper? Uh, I saw an article about the Whopper here the past couple of days ago, but go ahead. I can't remember what it is. I can't look at Well, it this up, is from like MLive.com. Burger King rolls out Pride Whopper with Two equal buns. That's what it get. is. Either two, two tops and two tops bottoms. Or two bottoms on your Whopper. Yeah, and I'm thinking, do you really want two tops or two bottoms on it? Well, but it, is, if, it is Burger King Austria that's doing this. 
I was going to say, because if you got two bottoms on, that'd be less bread to eat. I mean, that'd be, you know, technically less bread if you're watching your carbs. Uh, it's apparently not going over very well. They're saying they're getting negative feedback in this article. And the two tops to bottoms same-sex buns campaign is being promoted in the Austrian marketplace for Pride Month. Burger King is standing behind the cause and going the distance to reconfigure BK's flagship burger, which is an investment and commitment as it disrupts the process of building the burger. The BK campaign in the U.S. market will only implement a rainbow flag wrapping. And I'm not sure who that's quoted from. Uh, Angelica Janshandani, practitioner in residence for the brand marketing and the executive MBA programs at the University of New Haven. That's what she told Forbes, according to this this article. But, you know... I, I just don't think I would want two tops or two bottoms. What does it matter? It's just bread. Well, it's the, the bottom is good for it to sit on because it's not going to sit well on top. Well, what I'm saying is, you know, like I said, the, the bottom buns have less bread. So if you're watching your carbs, that would just make more sense. Yeah, but I like... I like having that top part. Now, don't they have sesame seeds at on bottom? Don't. <laughs> you, oh, you heard it here, folks. Yeah. You heard it right here, folks. He likes flat bottoms. Oh, my burger. <laughs> Can't take you anywhere, can we? You said it, not me. Going from this story, I'm telling you. <laughs> Next up is a, a article about food without being about. Food. <laughs> this is from Fox 11, Los Angeles. Golden Girl <laughs> Kitchen pop up restaurant and bar opening in Los Angeles. Oh my god! <laughs> it's, it's the Golden Girls Kitchen, a themed pop up restaurant and bar, is coming to Beverly Hills in July. Guests oh. will wax. And take a step back in time to 1980s Miami to enjoy everything Golden Girls. The pop up will feature a fully functioning restaurant and bar described as fast casual with an emphasis on desserts. Tickets are $50 per person and include a reserved seat and guaranteed window of time to dine, choice of an entree, and cheesecake to complete the meal. Menu oh, items will include Sophia's lasagna, meat or vegan, and Blanche's Georgia style cookies plus the Dorothy Miami-style sandwich. As far as the drinks go, the theme goes on with choices including Rose on Rosé and the Tea Arthur. So it actually sounds like it would be a really fun experience. Don't know if it's $50, but... They did drink a lot of tea on the show, so I could see them serving tea and stuff like that. Well, it's T. Arthur, B. Arthur, and Rose on Rosé. So, yeah, it's like I said, I I don't know if it's worth $50, but it would definitely be a fun experience. Well, I mean, it would be, you know, be one of those, hey, I was in the, you know, Golden Girls restaurant, so. Yeah, and just, just the wax and nostalgic, too. I mean... 
how many of us have been to themed restaurants like that? Because I know Happy Days had a lot of themed restaurants back in the days. And I know one was a hot dog restaurant in Florida that we used to go to. Had the hot Happy Days characters on the wall, played 50s music, all that. And we enjoyed it a lot. I don't think I remember going to a Happy Days, but do you remember one of that McDonald's used that, that opened up right across from the Hickory Furniture Mart when it first With opened up? Elvis on the wall? It had all like the old roaring 50s diners and Elvis and Marilyn Monroe and all that on the walls. Do you remember that? Yep. That was actually really cool, and I don't know why they redesigned that restaurant and made it modern after that. So, um, anyways, I thought that was cool. Yeah, it was, and, and they were really good pictures, too. Yeah, but, I just wonder what happened to those when they remodeled them. Did they trash them yeah. away? Who who knows? They probably trashed them, honestly. But next up from southernthing.com, since we're on the Golden Girls, the Golden Girls is coming to movie theaters this summer for special screenings. Of course, one of them's already happened, says on June 7th and June 14th, Forever Golden, a celebration of the Golden Girls, will allow fans to see some of the most memorable episodes of the beloved series during a special screening at theaters across the country. Episodes to be shown include The Competition, It's a Miserable Life, The Sisters, Scared Straight, Sisters of the Bride, and The Case of the Libertine Bell. So if you're interested, you might want to check your local movie theater for June 14th and see if they're doing Forever Golden, a celebration of the Golden Girls. Oh, that one didn't need to go to. I know Cinemark is one of them, but Cinemark is, I will not patronize them after I saw the reports the other week. Major Trumpsters. Uh, really? Yes. So Cinemark is off of my viewing list. Who? Is there any cine- Cinemarks around here? Asheville and Charlotte, I think, were the closest. Oh, that's right. Cinemark. That's basically the only theater they have in Asheville, Cinemark. No, there's a... It used to be Carmike, now it's AMC. Because it's up there um, with the Target. Okay. I and know the Cinemark is out up. there... I know the Cinemark is out there just right off from... Um, um, Billmore Village, so it's up the hill on the left. I've been to that one. See, I knew the the theater in Asheville for there at the Target. So uh, I knew the manager who worked there. She ended up coming to work in Hickory. Okay, but but there was new news from North Carolina that actually is good news. Oh, thank God! Did you see that? The, the Carolina Panthers are the first NFL team in history to have an openly transgender cheerleader. No. Justine Lindsay, believed to be NFL's first openly trans cheerleader, ready to break down that door with Carolina Panthers top cats. And that story is from ESPN.com. Oh, I'm sure that's going to go ever well in Charlotte. Yeah, but it's it's surprising that that happened. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I could have imagine seen all the. I can just imagine all the hateful comments now. Well, I could have seen San Francisco doing it, Los Angeles, New York, 
Miami. But Miami. I don't know about Miami. You're Florida's very conservative state still, so Oh. I was just thinking of all the drag bars down there in South Beach. See, I've never been to Miami. I don't know. Miami's very fun. But but since we're on the topic of Trump somewhat, did you see the news this week? Which one? Oh, the the one that hopefully will spill the end for him and everybody involved. This is from theguardian.com. Fake Trump electors told to operate in, quote, complete secrecy email reveals. Startling direction from Trump campaign to Georgia operatives contained an email that is part of USDOJ investigation reports say. The article reads, Donald Trump's campaign directed Republican Party operatives named as, quote, alternate electors in Georgia to operate with, quote, complete secrecy and discretion as the then-president attempted to overturn his defeat by Joe Biden. The startling direction was contained in an email which was part of a U.S. Justice Department investigation, CNN and The Washington Post reported. Trump lost to Biden by more than 7 million ballots in the popular vote and by 302 to 236 in the Electoral College. And this is my favorite part. The same margin Trump called a landslide when it was in his favor over Hillary Clinton who won the popular vote by nearly 3 million votes. So when Trump won the, the electoral college in the same amount that Biden won the electoral college, it was a landslide, even yeah. though he lost popular vote. He lost popular vote. He lost the electoral college by the same exact margin, and it's stolen election. I'm speechless. I'm done. I'm done. The motherfucker needs to be put in prison. Him, Jim Jordan, every damn one of them needs to go to fucking prison for the rest of their lives for everything they've done. The insurrection, everything, I'm done with it. They're going to be showing starting tomorrow night the hearings from the January 6th um, committee. It's going to be live on on primetime, not going to be carried on Fox because they don't want none of their viewers to know the truth. And plus, if they, if, they, if they play it live on the on the TV, they can't sit there and deny what's just aired. That's where the problem comes in. Well, and plus, okay. you know, Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram and several of them are co-conspirators of this too. So I believe that's yeah. another reason why they can't show it. And I hope they all fry for it. Personally, I just want all of them to go to damn prison, every damn one of them. Uh, and I want the whole Republican Party to just fold, every damn one of them just fold because of all the lies and the shit they've been feeding everybody for the past six years. And, and you know, just a real quick tangent here. I've only seen parts of it, but we got to mention Matthew McConaughey's speech yesterday. I, ha- I, can't, I can't remark anything on it. I just saw certain kind of blurbs on TikTok. I haven't seen the whole thing. I've what watched, I did see on TikTok, I, it was actually phenomenal. I've watched clips, and I saw the part where he was talking about the girl who had to be identified by her shoes because the rest of her body was unidentifiable. That's disgusting. And I want to ask all of these, quote, pro-life Republicans why they claim to be pro-life, but they are adamant about keeping 
a tool that is meant exclusively for killing. There the is more to a gun than to kill. The That's weapon of war. Yeah. And they need to ban assault rifles, bump stocks, high capacity magazines. They need to ban all that. Well, what happened to the bump stock ban that Trump signed in? Because that was one good thing that he did. And people forget that Trump did more to take away gun rights than anybody by signing that legislation. What happened to that? I don't know. I don't know if it ever passed. I don't so, know if that was symbolic or not. It probably was because it, I mean, we're still talking about needing it. But I, I do remember, and you know, I hate Trump. I've made no mystery of that whatsoever. I've hated Trump since 1988. But that was one thing I could say that he did that was a good thing that he did when he signed to eliminate the sale of bump stocks. And don't know whatever happened with that. Yeah, I can't look up anything because if I look up anything, everything goes away. So and, again, I can't and look it up. You can spend the rest of the show on that alone, but I mean it's I I do want to see the full speech. It was like 17, 18 minutes of Matthew McConaughey. I've not had a chance to watch it yet. But what I saw that was very impassioned, and I see all these people complaining about a Hollywood celebrity giving his opinion. And I'm like, okay. And I've gone to some of them. Like Lauren Boebert was one of them. I commented on her when she was saying It's okay when... The Hollywood celebrity is spouting what you feel, like Kirk Cameron or Dean Kane or Tim Allen or any of those people, Kid Rock. Those people, it's okay for them to speak their minds. But when somebody with an opposing view in Hollywood speaks their minds, it's just the Hollywood celebrity and they shouldn't be speaking out on that. They it's need the, to keep the, their mouth shut. It's the elitist. They need to stop. They should blah, blah, blah. And my question is, should someone's freedom of speech be denied because they're popular? And that's essentially what they're wanting to do is deny their freedom of speech because of the popularity they have. You don't think for one second, if I ever became rich and famous, well, I, I would be up on that setbox every damn day talking about shit like this. Now, I've, I will say... I, I follow Stella Parton on Twitter, and I absolutely love that woman. Every time she tweets, she is fantastic. It's like, Dolly won't say anything political. Stella won't stop saying stuff political, and she's amazing. So if, if you get the chance, go read some of Stella Parton's tweets. I love her. Absolutely love her. And she has liked many of my comments. Like, most of the comments I've made on things she's posted, she has hit the like on. So she is at least paying attention to what the people are saying. Yeah. So, so Stella, love you. If you, I know she'll never hear this, but still, love you, Stella. But anyways, let's go on to the entertainment stuff. First up, real quick, it's been reported everywhere. Joe Quesada has left Marvel Comics as editor-in-chief. So I don't know what that's going to mean for the company, Clearly, it's the comic side, not the film side, because Kevin Feige runs the film side. But 
will it hurt the comic sales? Will it help it? Will it keep it the same? That's the question. But now, for the Mariah Carey story that I promised you at the top of the show. This is from NBC New York. Mariah Carey being sued over a holiday hit, All I Want for Christmas is You. And after 25 years, how? See, here's here's the thing. I'm going to call this a bogus lawsuit. I'm going to say technically now, 27 years. She's a horrible song. But the, the lawsuit is the person suing is Andy Stone, songwriter, alleges he co-wrote a song with the same title five years earlier, and because of her song getting played, his couldn't get popularity, so it could never catch on. But down here in this article, if it's because I don't know if this is the same one I read. Uh, let's read more here. There is no more when you hit read more. But it was saying something like there were 25 or so songs. I can't remember how many it said. With the name, All I Want for Christmas is You. And they came before his song. So it'll be that 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 court so that lawsuit will be thrown out from the, so quick as Mickey's head spin. But it, the article reads right here: Stone, artistically known Vince Vance of the New Orleans country pop band Vince Vance and the Valiants, co-wrote and recorded his version of "All I Want for Christmas Is You" in 1989, according to the complaint. The song then received extensive airplay during the 1993 Christmas season and began making appearances on the Billboard music charts. Carrie's version was released in 1994 as part of her Merry Christmas album. The tune has long received widespread play on the radio and on streaming services, particularly during the holiday season, essentially turning the song into the ultimate Christmas anthem. And no, it is not. No way, shape, or form is it the ultimate Christmas anthem. It's the number one Christmas song of all time. Well, you know... What was it last year, two years ago when it first hit number one? Yeah, it hit the billboard charts for the first time in 25 years. And it went to number one for the first time yeah. ever in 25 and, years. And what did I say last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was about Kate Bush's running up that hill, hitting number one? Because today's music's so bad that we got to go 35, 40 years ago to get a good song. So you're saying that song's a good song then? No, I'm not saying that song's a good song. I'm just saying there's no competition today, so it can hit number one easily. That's what you said about Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. It's actually really good music. It was the good song that went to number one, which it actually hit the Billboard Top 10 this week. Anyway, um, like I said, the, the Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You is the number one downloaded Christmas song of all time and it's also replaced Bing Crosby's White Christmas as number one. And not in my book. Which I never well, was I'm just saying that it did overtake that. And Bing Crosby's White Christmas is number two now. And I still won't be listening to it any more than I have to. I want to. If I wait, I wish I had it on something. I'd cue it up right now. And I would hit stop right there. You having that nonsense because it's terrible music. All she could do is scream. I don't know why people thought she was so good. But anyways, moving on. Real talent now. 
did you see there is a front runner to play Madonna in the biopic? What freak did they get? Julia Garner, who is known for Ozark, is set to play Madonna currently in the biopic. No. I I can definitely see it in this lady. Is she freaky enough to look and do it? Paula's going to die before this show's over with. You you can tell right she now. She looks like a freak. Did you not see her latest Instagram post? <sighs> we discussed it. It's a filter. That's not a filter. She's the a freak. I've freak, seen Chris. The, the pictures. She looks like she looks. I mean, you cannot change it. The woman's fucked up in the head. She is. Those. Once again, we need the disclaimer. The views of Paul do not necessarily reflect the views of the Chris cast. She looks like an Asian alien. She's not look she does not look like Madonna. Like I said, when I see her in actual video, she looks different than the pictures. I We're think- just gonna have to agree to disagree. I'll 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 say with reality, you just live in your own little world. But let me see if I can since you can't pull it up. Can you see her there? Uh, I can see the curly hair. Oh, I can see how she looks like Madonna. Is that her look trying to look like Madonna? No, that's her at the Met Gala in 2021. Okay, I can see her playing Madonna. Vogue article pulled up. I can see her playing Madonna up until the part where she plays Vogue. And and I'm saying there's you can see Madonna in her if she I does can, it right. I can I can see her doing that, if, especially when they add the special effects, makeup, and stuff like that to her. I could see her playing Madonna. <clears throat> Next up is from the Hollywood Reporter: Carol Burnett to star opposite Kristen Wiig in Apple's Mrs. American Pie. The ten-episode comedy will mark the entertainer's return to series regular television. How old is Carol Burnett now? Ninety something. Uh, and she's going back into acting and she's still able to do it so why not let me see here she was born in 1933 so she's 89 not quite as old as I thought she was turned 89 this year well how old is um, what's his name who played in Wolf and also played in Silence of the Lambs Anthony Hopkins how old is he look him up let me real quick. I want because I've got Vicky Lawrence here. I wanted to see how old she was. She's seventy three. She was born March twenty sixth, nineteen forty nine. You know, Vicky Lawrence is coming to Newton. Yeah, and I wanted to go, but the tickets were too much. Well, they're already sold out anyway. Well, they weren't when I looked at them, but it was too much money. I couldn't afford it. Anthony Hopkins was born in nineteen thirty seven, December thirty first. He's a New Year's Eve baby. He is 84 years old. You know, he retired out of acting. Well, did you see who just turned 70 this week? You never would have guessed it. Mm-mm. Liam Neeson. Oh, really? Wow. He's still going strong. 70 years old. But moving on, because we got about 16 minutes left in this segment. I got a lot to get through. Deadline's reporting that Dolly Parton 
Rose Rose or Run Rose Run has been acquired by Sony to be developed as a film now. So it's a book she co-authored. It's an album she did that related to the book, and now they're making a film for it. So everything that woman touches turns to gold. <laughs> she's an amazing woman. There's there's no two ways about it. She is. And I mean she like she has been quoted many times. The only thing that's real about me is my heart. And I can believe that her heart is truly genuine because she does so much good. Yeah. But also, this is from the Hollywood Reporter. Owen Wilson's secret headquarters family pick heads to Paramount Plus. The superhero action movie produced by Paramount Pictures and Jerry Bruckheimer Films had been slated for a theatrical release on August 5th. And... It's not saying if it's still going to open on August 5th on Paramount Plus, but that was when it was due to go to theaters. A superhero will exclusively debut on the streaming platform this August in the U.S. and Canada and in select international markets where Paramount Plus is available. Secret Headquarters was previously set to hit theaters on August 5th, 2022. So I don't know if it's going to keep the August 5th, but we can we can look forward that one we'll probably want to review. Well if really if you think about it, August fifth is really not that far away. Nope. And Joker <laughs> was officially confirmed this week. Nothing really to talk about there other than that it was. And also real quick, uh Nicole Maines, who played Dreamer on Supergirl, is co writing the Dreamer graphic novel for DC Comics. And Dreamer was a transgendered superhero that premiered on the TV show Supergirl. Um, The Justice U that was reported with uh, John Diggle, it is still slated to be in the works. No official words yet. But that brings us to Geeked Week, which is still going on. There's been a lot of announcements. One of the biggest announcements, Ghostbusters animated series in the works at Netflix. you got to be kidding me. Nope. And they've released trailers. There is a new trailer for Umbrella Academy, which is coming, I believe, later this year, like September, October. Have, have you watched any of the Umbrella Academy? Is it any good? Seasons. I really enjoy them. And... They released the trailer for the third and final season of Lock and Key, which will debut August 12th. They released the trailer for a show we will be reviewing based on the DC Comics, The Sandman from Neil Gaiman, the new live-action series coming to Netflix. Trailer is out now. The show premieres August 5th. Sandman as in, like, Sandman? The Sandman from the comics. Lucifer is in it. It's, it's a different Lucifer, even though it's the same comics. It's a different Lucifer in this. I believe the Lucifer in the Sandman is a female. So it will not be connected to the TV show Lucifer at all. Um, there will be a continuation of Masters of the Universe. Masters of the Universe Revolution will be coming. That was announced in Geek Week. The first image of Skull Island animated series was revealed this week. 
Let's see what else here. There, I mean, there's a lot of stuff, and I'm just kind of skimming through the the article of the announcements because I don't want to go through every single thing. If those of you out there are interested, you can go on. I did try to watch the Geeked Week show. I couldn't watch it live, so I was watching the replay on YouTube. Every two minutes, there was a commercial coming up. And the show was all commercials because it's trailers for stuff coming. Not to mention the two hosts were really annoying. So I, I was like, I'm done. I, I tried to watch it, but every two minutes you're popping up a new ad. I can't watch this. They, they released the Gray Man official clip. That's Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling in a film later this year on, on Netflix. Um. So yeah, there's John Wick creative team is working on a vampire movie with Jamie Foxx called Day Shift. Lots and lots being announced this week from Netflix. So, and then today we also got the premiere of the Black Adam trailer, which I told Paul about before we started recording tonight. Looks fantastic. I really think this is going to be a home run for DC again, which DC desperately needs. And it's got The Rock in it as Black Adam. It has Pierce Brosnan playing Dr. Fate. You see shots of Hawkman, Adam Smasher, Dr. Fate, a lot of Black Adam through it. And... It looks like there's going to be a good bit of humor in it as well, but I do believe it's going to be a pretty violent film. So, if you if you haven't seen it, I definitely suggest watching that trailer. It looks really, really good. When's She-Hulk hitting? August. I don't remember the exact date, but isn't that going straight to streaming? Disney Plus TV series. Let's see. August 17th is the premiere. Okay. And I didn't know. I was thinking it was coming up closer than that, but I guess not. And that, of course, brings us to those that we've lost this week. First up today, it was announced that Jack Wagner's son, Harrison, was found dead in a parking lot at the age of 27. Details of his death have not been released, no cause of death. So it, there's something going on there. Definitely something not right. A 27-year-old does not die in a parking lot of natural causes. It sounds like suicide, if you ask me. So I, I know they said that he's had drug troubles. but And speaking of drug troubles... Also this week, this is from whatculture.com, Melanie Pillman passes away. Brian Pillman Jr. released a statement. Of course, she was the widow of Brian Pillman, the wrestler. And Brian Pillman, Brian Pillman Jr. tweeted on Twitter, thank you, Mom, for bringing me into this world and for trying your best. You were my number one fan. Rest in peace. I love you. And then he went on... It says it went to Instagram and posted more detailed. And it said, those of you know, 
those of you who know our family story understand that I didn't have the best relationship with my, mo my mother, though my sister and I had recently been in touch with her working to improve that relationship. It said her death, while unexpected, was not surprising. Her lifestyle choices that dominated her be the better part of the last 25 years of her life had ultimately caught up with her. So another story of someone not being able to get away from their demons and unfortunately succumbing to them. Yeah. And CBS News reports original Gerber baby Ann Turner Cook dies. The original Gerber baby Ann Turner Cook died on Friday, according to an announcement from Gerber on Instagram. Gerber is deeply saddened by the passing of Ann Turner Cook, the original Gerber baby, whose face was sketched to become the iconic Gerber logo more than 90 years ago. Many years before becoming an extraordinary mother, teacher, and writer, her smile and expressive curiosity captured hearts everywhere and will continue to live on as a symbol for all babies. We extend our deepest sympathies to Anne's family and to anyone who had the pleasure of knowing her, read the announcement. And I want to say she was 94. No, she was 96, apparently, 95 or 96. She was born in 1926, does not say the actual date there. So Gerber apparently was a good start for her that she lived 95, 96 years. Also this week, this is from CNN, Jim Seals of soft rock duo Seals and Crofts, dead at 80. Says, announcing his death on social media, Seals relative Brady Seals, himself a singer songwriter, wrote, quote, I just learned that James Jimmy Seals has passed. My heart just breaks for his wife, Ruby, and their children. Please keep them in your prayers. What an incredible legacy he leaves behind. And there's one song, if you don't know Seals and Cross, Crofts, I, I don't remember a lot of their songs by title, but the one song on here that's mentioned that I do know is Summer Breeze. Yeah. <clears throat> I think everybody will know that song. I know that song. In fact, I hear it out every time I, a lot of my showroom. Summer Breeze makes me feel fine. So a remake of that song on I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, really? Next up, Charles Siebert, actor on Trapper John M.D., dies at 84. This is from The Hollywood Reporter. It says, Charles Siebert, the stage-trained actor who portrayed the snooty Dr. Stanley Riverside II, on all seven seasons of the CBS drama, Trapper John M.D. has died. He was 84. Siebert died May 1st of COVID-related pneumonia at University of California San Francisco Medical Center, his daughter Jillian Bozanik told The Hollywood Reporter. On the big screen, the accomplished Siebert showed up in such films as The Other Side of Midnight, Blue Sunshine, Coma, and Justice for All, All Night Long, Whitewater Summer, and Eight Men Out. Said he played... In the telefilm, The Miracle Worker, that starred Melissa Gilbert as Helen and Patty Duke, an Oscar winner 16 years earlier for her turn as the blind, deaf, and mute girl as teacher Ann Sullivan. How old was he? He played Helen Keller's father in that. He was 84. Whitewater Summer sounds very familiar. I think I've seen that. Said he guest starred three times on All in the Family and appeared on other shows including NYPD, Kojak, Policewoman, The Rockford Files, Maude, Mancuso FBI, 
Murder, She Wrote, and the one that catches my eye the most, The Incredible Hulk. A lot of work to remember him by. And then finally, this was the one that was hardest for me. She tweeted about it is how I found out. Cindy Lauper's mother has passed at the age of 91. And Cindy said she may have left this world, but not without leaving her mark. And, you know, many people may not have realized it, but if you watch Girls Just Want to Have Fun or Time After Time, you see Cindy Lauper's actual mother in the video. I remember that. I thought she lit up the stage or the, the screen every time she was on. And she was just such a charming personality in the videos. Yeah. And we loved her. So I've I've it was it was a hard announcement to read. But she did share the picture of her on the girls just want to have fun with her mom sitting at the table. But now Sandy's approaching what seventy years old. I am not sure. It says the exact date and cause of Catherine's of Katrina's death is currently unknown. But she did die at the age of ninety-one. See Cindy. is 68. She was born June 22nd, 1953, so she's about to have a birthday. Oh, she's the day before mine. Yep. She is not born on a witch's Sabbath, mind you. (laughs) We got everybody every year. And special for call this year, Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe is releasing on June 23rd, Paul's birthday. I knew he would love it. But we're we're down to two minutes on this. So again, I I don't want to make light of it. I I really truly did love seeing Cindy Lopper's mother on the screen. I'm yeah. not joking about that. I've mentioned many times how much I love Cindy Lopper. I've seen her live three times, once opening for Tina, once opening for Cher, and once headlining. I've and seen her twice. Every time she steals the show. Like She's she amazing. is amazing talent live. And if you ever get the chance to see her, go see Cindy Lauper live. She's fantastic. You will get your money's worth in that show. But we will end there. Watch the girls just want to have fun video. Watch time after time. See Cindy's mom again. Because she was truly a wonderful presence. And we will be back with our reviews of... Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, and Fire Island, the original Hulu film. Stay tuned, everybody. First off, let's go to the Box Office Mojo weekend film results. And I told Paul before we started back to recording... Two films we've watched, Spider-Man and the Batman, are actually still on the charts. The Batman dropped from 25 to 38, $5,128 in its 14th weekend for $369,342,756. And Spider-Man No Way Home dropped from 28 to 36, 7224 in its 25th weekend 
$804,768,346. And since we're going to be reviewing it, The Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore fell from 11 to 13, $360,840 after eight weeks, $95,484,813. That brings us to the top 10. Debuting at number 10, $1,117,962, Crimes of the Future. Down from eight to nine after 11 weeks, The Lost City, with over one and a quarter million, $103,999,201 so far. Down from seven to eight is Sonic the Hedgehog 2, $1.7 after nine weeks, $188.25 Debuting at number seven, and these two debuts I do not know anything about, to be honest. Debuting at seven is Vikram, $1,770,000. Holding steady at six is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, over $2 million in the 11th week, $60.5 million. Down from four to five, Downton Abbey, A New Era, after three weeks, just over $3 million to bring its total to almost $36 million. Up from five to four is The Bad Guys, over three and a quarter million after seven weeks, 87 and a quarter million dollars. And then the top three don't change. Bob's Burgers movies is second week, four and a half million for $22,378,229. Number two is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, over $9 million after five weeks, $388,633,292. And number one, of course, Top Gun Maverick, $90 million in its second weekend, $295,641,022. And of course, that is the biggest Tom Cruise film, the biggest Paramount opening, I believe, to date. How much is it worldwide, Chris, for Top Gun? Uh, I closed out the screen. You would ask me this question after I close. Let's see. Let's just go back to Box Office Mojo because I'm not seeing it on there. Top Gun Maverick. International is 261.6 million, 44.8% of the gross, which is now 583,408,619 worldwide. So it's not doing as well internationally as it is in America. I saw. An interview with him this past week on TikTok. Do you know that he actually learned how to fly them damn jets? I know he can fly them. He learned and got his pilot's license. He's got, he said that he has got a pilot's license to fly over 20 different planes now. He can actually fly those damn things. Yeah. Like I told you before we started recording, I'm just, I was not impressed with the first one, and I didn't see it until a few years ago. And I bought it when it was a 3D Blu-ray that was on sale for $10. I was like, you know what? I've not seen it. I'll buy it. Soundtrack is a phenomenal soundtrack. The movie itself, I was not overly thrilled with, and I've not watched it again since. I did watch it in 3D because I had a 3D TV at the time that got struck by lightning, and now I can't replace that TV. So, but yeah, it just 
it didn't impress me. Well, not every performance has to be an Oscar-winning performance, Chris. No, and there are plenty that I love that are not Oscar-winning performances, like Beavis and Butthead to America, for example. That's just plain stupid. Oh, Beavis and Butthead are hilarious, and we're going to pre- we're going to be reviewing that, just so you know. I'll let you review that. I'm not going to watch it because oh, I, I, be I don't want brain cells to die in my head from watching that. Beavis and Butthead is funny. Oh, it's stupid as fuck. Come on. Did you not like King of the Hill, even? I don't watch any of that. Did you watch Office Space? Nope. You've never watched the movie Office Space with Jennifer Aniston in it? No. Because it's all Mike Judge. And Office Space is where she has the minimum number of flair on her vest. But she can go above and beyond that number if she wants to. Oh, well. Office Space is a classic. It really is. It's a live-action film. It's not animation. You should give it a shot. I know what it is. I just... No. Yeah, you you should try it. We might have to review that one week when we don't have anything else to watch. It'll be a while. Well, that's true, because there's a lot of stuff coming up. I don't know if you've seen all these things that are premiering, but... Like, I watched Miss Marvel today. I don't know if you've watched it yet. Probably not. But it premiered on Disney I think I saw somebody talk about it on TikTok, and a lot of the fans are pissed about it. Well, I don't really know why. Um, you know what? I'll I'll do a quick review at the end of the show for it. Okay. So, of what I think so far, so. But let's go ahead and let's do Secrets of Dumbledore first. This was Paul's pick, as we all know. Uh, IMDb, well, Metacritic has it 47% according to Google. IMDb has it 6.3 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter after 223 reviews has it at 47%. Audience score is 83%. Paul, you picked it. Let's go ahead and let you talk about it. Oh, I can't see nothing on it, so I really can't say anything about any of the actors, so... I'm just acting purely by memory. Um, So this is initially talking about the secrets of Dumbledore. Well, the major secret, you know, spoiler alert, is there was another Dumbledore, which I did not realize there was another Dumbledore uh, until watching this movie. And it was, I forget the character's name, Cedric. Was it Cedric, Chris? Uh, Theseus was... I can't remember. It's a, it's the guy with the long stringy black hair. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of. There's credence. Credence, that's who it is. Credence. He was a Dumbledore. He, um, which did not realize this. So uh, it picks up basically where part two left off. Did you ever watch? Did you watch part two before this one? Yeah, best I could. I just, I honestly tried, and part two bored me so much i watched it twice it's a lot of details i lost interest in it there's a lot of details in it and you got to really pay attention so well i could not stay interested in it and i honestly i've seen reports about why this one didn't do well i honestly think it's because the second one was so bad because The reason why this one didn't do good do well with it because 
of all the conspiracy that was going on with Johnny Depp at the time, they used um, a different guy for um, for uh, Grindelwald in this one instead of using Johnny Depp in it. Johnny but, Depp was Grindelwald in part two. That's part of it, but Mads Mikkelsen is a very accomplished actor. He played Hannibal in the TV series. Oh, I know. He's a very good and, actor. Well, I, I mean, you can get past that, but... See, I enjoyed the movie. I was sucked into it. But see, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan to begin with. Yeah, I I like Harry Potter. I'm not a huge fan. It's I can watch him. I cannot watch him. Like I've watched like first four films and never got past that. I've seen. See, all- I loved. I loved now. that they went back inside of. Um, they did the real filming location of. Uh, they went back inside of. Um, uh, the the castle of um, what is it. Um, Hogwarts. Hogwarts. They actually filmed inside Hogwarts for part of it. Inside the how main dining that, hall. How is it that you, the huge fan, can't remember Hogwarts, but me, the casual viewer, can? Well, I don't have anything in front of me. I'm going so I didn't have that in front of me. I just remember that. Well, I just, uh, you know, there's, I'm, I'm 50 years old. I'm not as young as I used to be. So. And, and let me say something else. I said we could use this one as a LGBT pride. Because, you know, they, they made the statement that in China they were going to cut out the gay scenes with Dumbledore. Yeah. Blink and you miss them anyways. I didn't even catch it. There was a, there were some parts in there. Yeah, I, I completely missed it. It was pointed out to me where I missed them. Oh, you didn't catch on to it? Chris, did you watch it by doing stuff inside the house? No, I was sitting there watching it. I just bored. What? Because I know how you are. You won't watch yeah, things. I was I was sitting there watching it the whole way, and I was bored with it. What about Lamar? Did he like it? Yeah, he was sitting there. He was about the same as me. It was all right. He wasn't great. So, anyways, I enjoyed the movie. It t- it took. Uh, I enjoyed seeing all the old characters get back together. Um, I hate that. Um, what you call him? Uh, um bakery wasn't doing well so um and there was some comedy in it there was some cute things in it. i actually bust out laughing in a couple places so i you know i might be biased because it is part of the wizarding world and it is but uh i really enjoyed it i, I liked it so anyway it was cute great special effects in it too can't get them any better than that. They ain't cut no corners on that mess. Yeah, I'll give them the effects for good, but it just, it was a boring film to me. There, there was so much story that was not getting resolved for so long, and it just, it never once pulled me into it. I didn't care about the characters. The the whole scorpion tail thing was not explained. I mean, How about them having a dance like that? <laughs> yeah, the the way he was walking was kind of funny, but none of that was explained. And 
the trivia says that two hours and 22 minutes, this will be the longest Fantastic Beast film to be premiered. And in two hours and 22 minutes, they still couldn't explain everything in the film. I guess it explains more in the books, just like it does in the movies for Harry Potter. Well, this does not make me want to read the books. So, because the the books, um, I'm going back through them on Harry Potter. They're so much better than the movies. Oh, I read the first book of Harry Potter, and that's where I stopped. You haven't read the oh. rest of them? All it took was the everything flavored jelly beans, and I was done. I read the whole book, but the everything flavored jelly beans, I was like, you know what? I don't need to read the rest of them. Uh, okay. And now that she's give, such a trans hater. Go ahead and give you a review. Go ahead and do it a 1.5. No, I'm not going to do that bad. Like I said, for me, I couldn't get pulled into it. There's a lot that's not explained, a lot that doesn't make sense. The effects are fantastic. The acting's good. It's just... Explanations would have been nice. So I'm going to give it a two. I figured you'd go that low. Well, like I said, I might be a little biased because I, I love the Wizarding World so much. And I actually enjoyed the film. I plan on watching it again, just like the rest of them. When it comes, when they come back on television, I will watch it again because I love them. Anyway, I'm going to give it a three. And that brings us to my pick this week, which was the Hulu original film from Excuse me. the 20th Century Searchlight, which is no longer Fox Searchlight. I don't know if you've noticed, but since Disney bought 20th Century Fox, Fox is removed from it. It's now 20th Century Studios, 20th Century Animation, Searchlight Pictures. There's no Fox to be seen anymore. But this is the Hulu movie that premiered this past weekend. What? They own it. They can do anything they want to. Well, I think it's to separate them from Fox Network and Fox News. Yeah. But me, I, wish I like go the, buy Fox. I wish they go just go and buy Fox News and get rid of it. They can't. They're legally not allowed. It's like they they couldn't buy the sports channels from Fox because they already had so many sports channels it would have given them a monopoly. Um, so the laws kept them from buying the news, and they kept them from buying the sports channels, which they weren't trying to sell the news. And they weren't trying what, to sell the network, but they were trying to sell them. What news channels does Disney own? ABC. I did not know that. Yeah. Disney owns ABC Network. And ABC has their own news channels. I had no clue on that. Okay, I mean, yeah. they, they don't have the channels on the, the cable like the others do, but there is a live ABC news channel 24 hours a day. Which, if you go to the ABC app, you can access it regardless. You may not be able to access the rest of the stuff. Because, of course, a channel that you could get over the antenna, you cannot get online without subscribing. Which makes no sense to me whatsoever. But, but the ABC News Channel is there regardless for anybody. Yeah. And 
And so I don't know if that would have disqualified them because I know Fox was not trying to sell the news channels, but they didn't want to sell that. They didn't want to sell the, the Fox network. Probably the stuff that was most profitable they were keeping. Rupert Murdoch's an asshole anyway. Yeah. Now that's one of the things I want Family Guy off of Fox. Was, and that's another thing. Fox owns Tubi. So I've pretty much stopped using the Tubi app because it was somebody, I don't know if I mentioned it on the show, but there was somebody in charge at Fox that said that he, if he had the chance to do it all over again, he would have had Rudy Giuliani once again on the mask scene, which shows absolutely no remorse. He does not learn anything. And so I'm like, I'm no longer supporting Fox. I'll watch Family Guy on Hulu. I'll watch Call Me Cat on Hulu, which are the only two Fox shows that I can think of that I actually watch right now. Right now. But what channel does uh, Simpsons come on? Does what? Simpsons. Fox, I don't watch it. I gave up on it several years ago because they did the Treehouse of Horror episode and it should be the best episode of the year and it was terrible. And I was like, you know what? It's been going downhill. I'm done. Yeah, because I know that, what, The Simpsons is the longest running show of all time. So No, longest running animated series of all time. It's over 30 years old. It's premiered in 89 and is still going. But you had shows that did run longer. Over 30 years? It... I don't know if it's got the prime time run yet, but like when you're talking the longest running show of all time, you're talking the Today Show, you're talking the soap operas that have been running for decades. Like I'm General Hospital, how long was it going? Like yeah, Is I was it still on. So, anyways, go ahead. Let's see. Longest running. TV show is what's coming up. So let's see. Also the longest running scripted television show of all time. So it has apparently surpassed all soap operas. That's what I said. Simpsons is the number one all time. I I didn't think it had done that. I guess General Hospital doesn't air anymore. No. Because General Hospital came on in the 70s. So General Hospital's gone. You, You see how much attention I pay to the soap operas. When did The Young and the Restless start? Because it's still on. Yeah. That I do know. But it's, it's the, like I said, it's the longest running show of all time is The Simpsons. I think this is just going prime time because I'm not seeing anything soap opera. Let's see. Young and the Restless. But Let's see. No, Young and the Restless has run longer. March 26, 1973. So, Simpsons is definitely not the longest running scripted television show in history yet. Might be. 49 seasons of the Young and the Restless. They might be talking about primetime then. Yeah. But it didn't specify when I pulled it up. but. But anyways, back to our review. The Fire Island, 
Movie Insider gave it five out of five. Uh, IMDb has it 6.8 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, after 79 reviews, the tomato meter has it 94%, and the audience score is 78%. This film is, a, like I said, a Hulu original from Searchlight Pictures, which I believe Searchlight is now exclusively Hulu releases. I don't know about 20th Century Studios, but Searchlight, I believe, is exclusively going to Hulu. And it's a group of friends going to Fire Island for the week, like they do every year. They stay at a house that is owned by the character played by Margaret Cho. Basically, I hated every one of these characters throughout the film. There was nothing likable. And when they'd start to get likable, they would turn around and make you hate them again. I mean, is this movie does more to hurt tourism for Fire Island than anything I've ever seen. Because every character is bitchy and whiny and two-faced and backstabbing and just horrible people. And like I said, even well, when they start to redeem themselves, they turn around and falter right back. Well, have you ever met a mob of gay people before? They're yes, I have. And they're yes, all vindictive and bitchy. They're snarky and bitchy and everything, but they're not this bad. Like these people were just bad. And it's Actually, not the actors. It's just they none of them were likable. I actually kind of enjoyed it, Chris, because I, I was really I surprised when you said that because I expected you to hate this thing. No, I actually um, took it with a grain of salt watching it because when whenever I saw what it was going to be, I was like, fuck, it's going to be enough for a bunch of fags on here. And then um, I'll throw that word around lightly, by the way. But um, I actually enjoyed the characters. It was really cute. Uh, I laughed. I love Margaret Cho. I love her. She was the only one who remained likable throughout the film. Now, yeah. I will say that her character is like the only a, one that's good. One of her one of my favorite lines of her. She goes, you know, they they went to that dinner party that night or whatever it was, and then it's like you know they kind of got one one guy kind of got interested. In it. I think I said, "Well, why don't I have you over for dinner for, at, or at our place tomorrow evening?" And then he goes, why don't we have all of us over? And he's like, okay, we'll do that. So they go back to Margaret Cho's house and goes, oh, we're going to be hosting a dinner at your house tonight. And she goes, what? She goes, I love it. She goes, I don't know what to cook. She goes, what was that line? She goes, I can just chop up some hot dog weenies and put them on a plate and y'all gobble them up. But she said, I can't do that for them. <laughs> I enjoyed that line. She, I can just chop up some hot dog buddies and put them on a plate. Y'all gobble them up. <laughs> I, the, the that whole... would be that would be my kind of entertaining. I'd be chopping up hot dog buddies. <laughs> well, the the oh, whole gaze in space conversation. I was like, I could relate to that because you know me when I talk to people, I talk entertainment one. Because who doesn't like entertainment, really? Like, you can find something to talk about in entertainment and not argue. Like, politics, yeah. religion, you're going to argue. You talk entertainment, usually there's no argument. But I've never heard of Gays in Space. I think I might have heard of it. I, but I went to look it up, and I can't find clips for it. 
Like I was trying to figure out what it was and couldn't find any clips. And they said it was. I was wondering if that was real. And I, I think he was on Saturday Night Live. I think is what I saw. I'm looking him up right now. Maybe not because it doesn't say he's known for it. Oh, he Saturday Night Live. He was on 59 episodes of Saturday Night Live. Oh, that's where you're remembering from. No, I didn't remember him at all because I don't watch Saturday Night Live. But I'm thinking maybe he did the gaze in space on Saturday Night Live and it was an inside joke kind of thing. Gaze in space, I think, was a skit on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, that's that's what he referenced in the film. And Honestly, I I have no idea. Somebody out there might know. I I can't tell you because I quit watching Saturday Night Live a long time ago and just can't get into it anymore. I'm sure we can go to YouTube and pull it up and find it. No, there was nothing came up on Games in Space on YouTube. Not a thing. Really? That's interesting. Really? And I did not think to check Peacock, which has Saturday Night Live on there. It says they have every episode of Saturday Night Live. But then I went, and this was after they first put them on there, I went and watched the Madonna episode of Saturday Night Live. They didn't even have the opening monologue that Madonna did on Saturday Night Live. Like, I think it was about an 18-minute show. The show ran 90 minutes on TV. So you cut out the commercials, it's still 70 minutes. You cut out the musical performance, it's still an hour. It was 18 minutes of the Madonna show. Literally. Wow. So, but yeah, the guy playing Keegan, I don't know if he's that flaming in real life or not, but he was so flaming, he was annoying. Like, I would not have gone anywhere with that guy. Did you notice the body makeup? Did you did you pay attention to that? Not really. At one point, they're standing um, at that dinner party and they're like Speedos or whatever, and one of them, Speedo, had moved. And underneath his speedo was the whitest skin I've ever seen before in my life. It's like a crack of skin was showing from underneath his speedo on the backside around his butt. And I was like, oh, holy spray tan. Oh, my God. That, that was just like, it was, it was like a difference between brown and white. That's how bad that, how bad it was. Uh, I don't know. I just, I know that, like I said, because Noah started to get to where you liked him, and then he got to where you hated him. Will, who, if anybody watched How to Get Away with Murder, the guy who played Will played Oliver on How to Get Away with Murder, and he was bitchy and then likable, and then, and he said he doesn't like dogs. And I was like, you know what? I'm done with you now too. There was like nothing likable about these people at all. They were very catty. Yeah, and the whole rom-com ending no it was it was not funny it was it wasn't good it just it this was such a disappointment i'm gonna have a couple of my friends to watch it because a couple of my friends have been to um fire island and i want to have them to watch it I'm very curious. Does it say on IMDb, was it actually filmed at Fire Island, Chris? Uh, let me see. 
trying to think of where it would be. Storyline. Does it show filming location? I'm trying to figure out details. Country of origin, United States. Filming locations. Fire Island, Long Island, New York, USA. So it was filmed in Fire Island. Okay. Fire Island, Brooklyn, New York City. So that was um, really Fire Island when they was out there. Okay. I was wondering, because I want to have them to watch it and see if any of that was familiar to them. And if that was a real bar that they went to and all that. So I'm going to have them to watch it and kind of give me feedback. You want to know what the sad truth about this film is? The best part for me was the shot of a deer. That was cute. The little baby deer. I mean, other than that, I, I could have done without the rest of the film. Just give me the shot of the deer and I'd be good. Because it was a young deer that they caught on camera. And... I'm just surprised that they had a small deer on Fire Island rather than like Raven Queen. So, oh. but I guess there is some kind of life, you know, wildlife out there. They gotta be, I guess. Says this was based on Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. I've never read Pride and Prejudice. I've never watched Pride and Prejudice, so I can't judge that. But if the characters in Pride and Prejudice were as bitchy, whiny, and hateful as these people were, I don't ever want to watch it. I'm just um, it, it was kind of alarming to me is just guess just think about this there is some straight people possibly Trumpers possibly we got to think about this and they're trying to indoctrinate themselves into gay people's lives and they're going to watch this and they're going to think this is how all gay people are well, this is not an example of typical gay people in my experience. No, it's not. And I wish that they would put a disclaimer on that on this movie. And Either at the beginning or at the end, because this is not... I mean, I have several different groups of gay friends that never really cross-pollinate with each other. And none of them act like this. Yeah, I mean, I... To me, and you'll probably disagree, I don't know if you ever watched it, but the, the Showtime series Queer as Folk, I Never thought it. it was one of the more relatable stories. And people got onto it because there was so much sex in it. And I was like, but in my experience, there's a lot of sluts in the gay world. And I'm not trying to knock the community because there are very wholesome gays as well but there's a lot of free loving in the in the gay community so yeah i know of a couple whores and i can easily out them on this show but i'm not going to no i mean that that is a fact and and i could see myself in the character of michael the first season because he was a big comic geek. so naturally i saw myself in him and I'm hoping this new Queer as Folk, which premieres tomorrow, three episodes tomorrow on Peacock, we will be reviewing it next week. I'm hoping it'll be... Really? Really. I'll watch one episode. I'll give you one. I'm not watching all of You might end up really liking it. Juliette Lewis is in it. And she's favorite. So, and, and quite honestly, the Showtime series, my favorite character was Deb. Played by Sharon Glass. Tag me or whichever one she was. 
I've never seen Queer as Folk, so I can't really relate oh, to anything. It, so. it was racy, and of course they had the near 30-year-old man with the high school boy, and that caused all kinds of controversy. And Well, that's what goes on in the gay community. That's what it, happens. It does, and it's, it, that's the thing with Queer as Folk, was they were so diverse because Emmett was the real flaming one, didn't do drag really, but he was the kind that could do drag. You could see him doing drag because he was so flaming. And I can't remember the other one, but he was like an accountant and nerdy and didn't have a lot of sex. And then you had Michael, who was best friends with Brian, and Brian was the whore of the group. And I mean, you can you can see. It was a diverse group of friends, and some of them were really slutty, some of them weren't. So it was, to me, it was a good overall, like if you're just going to have five characters to stand out for the gay community, it was it was a pretty good collection of what they put together there. So I'm hoping the new series does it too. Have you ever watched the It's a Gay Movie, and it was privately funded, it was called Bear City? No. I know what you're talking about. I've just never watched it. Dude, it's funny as fuck. And Bear City 2 is just equally as funny. And I'm actually part of Bear City 2. I was a contributor to it. So my name is mentioned in the movie. So, Well, touch you. In the credit scene. Because I did donate some money to create the movie. So. But, but yeah, the, the one that really stands out to me as a really hilarious movie, and it is supposed to be, it's a send-up of American Pie. It's called Another Gay Movie. Have you ever seen that one? No, I've heard of it, though. It is hilarious. And then there's the sequel, and I can't remember, is it Another Gay Sequel or a Very Gay Sequel or something, but it was even more outlandish. And like, they go for spring break and they're they're getting crabs and literally they have these fake plastic crabs that are just being pulled by strings. <laughs> and you can see the strings as they're pulling these fake crabs and it is hilarious. But uh, <sighs> one of the kids in the hall was the father and he, you know, Eugene Levy was the father on American Pie. Scott Thompson was the father on um, another gay movie. Oh, really? Yes. And I mean, it, it's hilarious. I, I highly suggest watching it if you ever get the chance. I loved it. I wonder where you can find it. Can you do a quick little uh, IMDb I, thingy? I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. While I'm looking it up, go ahead and give your rating on Fire Island. I'm going to go ahead and give it... I know, Chris, go ahead and roll your eyes. I'm going to give it a three. I enjoyed it. Um, I love all the campiness going back and forth and the bitchiness. And it was just uh, great to see Margaret Cho on the screen again. When, did it, when it first shot to her and showed her, I said, oh, my God, it's Margaret Cho. So um, it was cute. I enjoyed it. Will I watch it again? Maybe. But anyways. Well, like I said, the only character that 
was redeemable throughout the entire thing. You never did hate her. It was Margaret Cho's character. The rest of them, bitchy queens, bitches, bitchy, bitchy queen. and whiny and hateful and <laughs> two-faced and backstabbing and I <laughs> I literally hated every character in the movie. Bitchy, but hateful, backstabbing. <laughs> and the they they did good explaining the the time, like they said, a week or time moves differently. Literally, they say in the film, time moves differently on Fire Island. What yeah. could be a day there could be three weeks or months or years away from Fire Island. Yeah, and so they kind of explain in that one line the very quick pace of the film. And of course, it's a film, so you got to move it at a pretty fast pace, and you want to get through their week. So, you know, you got to move through everything. Just there was nothing that makes me want to watch this movie again. It was very disappointing. I was expecting better. There are some humorous moments in it. I'm not going to say that. I just thought the, about the, the time cinematography is good, but. They were in the the grocery store beating cans to get discounts on them. (laughs) It was just... And... (sighs) Just a two. That's the best I can do for it. Yeah. But for another gay movie, the only thing you can buy buy or rent on Google Play, Voodoo, Apple TV, or YouTube. It's not streaming anywhere. Oh, you gotta buy it. Oh, okay. Yep. Get that. Buy or rent. And so. just to give you an idea, because I mean, another gay movie is a very targeted audience. I, I will say that for it. IMDb has it five out of ten. Rotten Tomatoes has it fifty-six percent. And TV Guide has it 37% according to Google. So, um, like, it like I said, it is a literal targeted island audience on that movie. When did it come out? I uh, took it down as oh. 15 years ago, maybe. Oh, okay. I mean, it's it's so been you a said, You said you were going to talk about something that you watched. Miss Marvel. And... Right now, IMDb has it 6.5 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter doesn't say how many reviews, 95%. And the audience score is at 89%. It is the first episode. And you find out how she gets her power. I like that Marvel is finally getting a lot more diversity in their films and TV. Because that is something... Film-wise, both are severely lacking. TV-wise, DC has done really well, especially with the CW shows, whereas Marvel has not done so well with diversity on TV. Now, Miss Marvel's a black woman, right? No, she is a Middle Eastern woman. Okay, I was thinking she's black. It is Kamala Khan is Miss Marvel in this. And she is played by Iman Vellani, her best friend Bruno is played by Matt Lentz. Her mom and her father are pretty enjoyable. 
The one thing I will say that I was kind of disappointed in, she's wanting to go to Avengers Con in this first episode. And her mom doesn't want her to do cosplay because it's skimpy outfits. And she's dressed up as Captain Marvel because that's her hero. And puts on the robe so her parents can't see her in it. And her mom and dad surprise her. She made a Hulk-inspired Middle Eastern-style outfit for her daughter to wear to Avengers Con. And the, the conditions they were giving was that she had to go with her father, who was also given a Middle Eastern-style Incredible Hulk costume to wear. And he had his face painted and everything. And one, I thought it was kind of a touching thing that her parents did. And two, I thought the outfits looked pretty good. Like, they were original, and you could clearly tell that it was the Hulk, but it was still inspired by a Middle Eastern garb. And she was not having it. But what I also didn't get is they were talking about it being skimpy. Well, she was wearing pants and a leather jacket as Captain Marvel. Why not just show her parents what she's wearing or what she wants to wear and say, look, it's not skimpy. It's covering yeah. my whole body. But I, that, that was the biggest flaw I had with it. And there was a scene that people might claim this show did really great effects and they hadn't seen it before. I had. There was a scene where she goes backwards and goes through the floor and comes back up through the floor, like kind of does a complete circle around, or she does a half circle something. But Legends of Tomorrow, the show that got canceled by the CW, John Constantine did that on that series. There was zombies coming at him, and he went down and goes through the ground and comes back up the other side, and the zombies hit each other. Or it was maybe it wasn't zombies that might have been in the museum. But anyways, I think it was actually the episode with Cisco in. You know, the phone song, Cisco? Yeah. It was an episode of Legends of Tomorrow. So that effect I had seen before. And it was pretty much the same effect. So kudos to Legends of Tomorrow being able to pull off what Disney did on a TV show. But they did it years before. And, of course... Save Legends of Tomorrow. I still still need my, my answers on Sarah and Ava's baby. So and I need one more season just to get the Legends out of jail, find out what happens with Sarah and Ava's baby. I need these answers. Inquiring minds want to know. But with Miss Marvel, like I said, it's the first episode. The effects are really good. I'm enjoying the characters much more in this than in Fire Island, let me tell you. These are much more likable people. But the you see where the mom's coming from and the dad's coming from, and you see where she's coming from. So you're getting well-rounded characters, too, basically. There were some issues. Like, they they talk about... She gets on the bus and they close the doors before she can pull her bike in, which, one, I don't know why they were taking their bikes on the bus to begin with, but because I didn't think you could take a bike on a public bus. But they close the doors. Bus driver won't reopen the doors for her to get her bike, which is not believable. And two, they mention how 
their bike's not going to be there when they come back. Well, then she's riding on the back of her friend's bike to the, the convention, and you never see him put a chain on the bike, and they take their helmets off and set them on the bike and go in. It's like, if you're going to go through the point of make, letting us know that that bike is going to get stolen because it's sitting there, twice her best friend put the bike on a rail and walked away from it without locking it up. And the second time they're at the convention, you don't see him put a, a chain on the bike. And I swear the first time, there's like a tire chained to the bike rail, but no bike. And he just sits his bike in there. And then the second time they go, you don't see him put a chain on the bike, and they just sit their helmets down on the bike as they walk away. So that that was a flaw. And she leaves things behind quite a bit. You'll you'll see that throughout the episode. But definitely interested. Definitely want to see more. The effects are really good. I will say the effects on Miss Marvel are better than the effects on Obi-Wan because Obi-Wan, you can actually tell it's computer generated this time. Whereas like Mandalorian, you couldn't really tell as easily. Yeah. So I'm kind of surprised that Obi-Wan is... I did watch the third money on you and McGregor. I did watch the third episode of Obi-Wan. So I know that there's a, probably another fourth or fifth one out now. Yeah, the fourth the... one was today. There's yeah, so I'll, I'll watch... I'll watch the fourth one then. I did watch the third one though. Yeah, that's the one where Vader comes in. Shocker for point. everybody that's out there and hadn't heard that yet. But, you know, it's Obi Wan's story and you know that Vader's going to be involved somehow. Oh, yeah. So, and, you know what's even better? James Earl Jones still voices Vader. Yeah. I f- yeah. So, but, but with Miss Marvel. There's room to grow, and they've got five more episodes to grow it. So definitely looking forward to more. Right now, I'm giving them a solid three with plenty of room to improve. So, And I believe that is it. So, Next week, like I said, tomorrow is the premiere of Queer as Folk on Peacock. First three episodes will air tomorrow. We will be reviewing that next week. Now, we're saying next week, what, what night will that be? Monday. Mm. Uh, don't make me watch too much because I don't think I'm going to be able to get much. That's all. That I'm, that's my choice for next week. Be sure and text that over to me. You can't remember Queer as Folk on Peacock? No, because it's not one of my go-to films to watch anything on. But... But anyways, that's that's a definite for next week because it, it's new. And I'm going to try to figure out I, – I want you to read it. And I, I'm going to give you my password to DC Universe Infinite because I really think it's a, a powerful story. Do you remember The Real World with Pedro? I don't, I don't remember. Real world. You, didn't, you don't remember Pedro and Puck? I don't watch The Real World. Well, this was back when it was still good. I didn't know if you remembered any of it. I didn't well, watch of, any of that. One of their housemates was Judd Winnick. And Judd Winnick has worked as a comics, I believe, illustrator, but also writer. And there was a Green Lantern two copy. There was two issues that the story ran over. 
where the Green Lantern's assistant was gay bashed. And it is a really powerful story that I really try to get people to read. And so I want to try and get that in at some point. So like I said, I'll give you the information to be able to pull that up because it is, I'm telling you, it is a really powerful story and you really feel for the characters in it. At least I did. And I've read it a few times. Mm. And it's not a a really uplifting story because it is a gay bash. But it is an important story and it was done early 2000s, I want to say. So it's... And it still holds a lot of significance. But, but anyways, Queer's Folk for next week and at some point through Pride Month, we will have to watch, read the Green Lantern two issues. And okay. that won't take a long time to read either. So, but, And then whatever Paul picks next week, because we're still in Pride Month. So I got to pick something gay. Okay. I'll figure something yeah, We're trying out. to stick with Pride. Okay. Sounds good. So. If you can't, that's one thing, but there's a, there's a lot of stuff out there. I mean, even if you just want to do Will and Grace, that's now on the Roku channel and Amazon Prime, and I think Freevee TV used to be IMDb TV, is now Freevee TV. I believe they have it. So I just discovered them on Will and Grace on Instagram, and they post the most funniest shit on Instagram. <laughs> well, you know the. The thing that I still can't get, Ellen was too gay and got canceled. The very next season, Will and Grace came on. And it was way gayer than Ellen was. Yeah. And they ran for eight seasons and then they yeah. got canceled. And then then they came back and ran for, what, three seasons? And I think it was three seasons. Yeah, they did three more seasons. And I don't think they got canceled either time. I think they on both they, they decided the series. they decided to end it yeah and the only problem was the the original series finale does not met yeah it's uh they kind of pick up at a different space and time it's like nothing of the last couple seasons seemed to have happened and I, I, I think we might have to watch the pilot of the new one. Um, of Will and Grace, if you want to do that. Maybe watch the pilot of the new episode of Will and Grace. And then maybe watch um, maybe, I don't know. I'll come up with an idea. Because I mean, it's, <laughs> it's your I choice. Remember, I'm just right out there. You don't even have to choose Will and Grace. I just know you like Will yeah. and Grace. It won't be a chore to watch. I remember watching the very first episode and they all have smartphones and Jack's sitting there on the couch and he goes, oh my God, it says that there's a gay guy within 15 feet of me. He goes, oh my God, I'm so excited. And all of a sudden he goes, he turns and looks at Will and he goes, oh, it's you. It's like that. <laughs> and Will looks at him going, ah. he just scoffs at Jack going, look like you bitch. <laughs> well, the, I howled when that happened. The one thing I will say that I was very disappointed in with the show was when they did the Trump episode. And that was across the board. It wasn't just Will and Grace. 
the Connors did it, or Roseanne, one of them, I can't remember. They did the election. An American Horror Story did the election. And it's like, you know, it was bad enough going through it in real life that I didn't need to have all these shows reliving it. Yeah. So, but anyways, that is for next week. Any final words, Paul? Well, the rise of coronavirus is still up, y'all. So, um, uh, some more people that I know has caught the coronavirus in the past couple of weeks. Um, there's one that I know that was not vaccinated and they got his hospitalized, but now they're fine and they're out of the hospital this past week. So it's still bad. If you haven't been vaccinated, it's bad for you. And even if you have, because, you know, Gavin Newsom, I believe just recently announced that he had been positive. Robin Roberts just this past week tested positive. A friend of mine, I went told Paul earlier, went to Comic-Con in Hickory. And a friend of mine came up. I usually do see him at Comic-Con in Hickory. He was one that I worked with Blockbuster Music. And he came up and he's he started to do the fist pound and like the handshake and all that. He was like, well, what, what do you want to do? I was like, you're wearing a mask. I trust you. So we shook hands. And then he told me that he did get the coronavirus a few weeks ago. And because he had been vaccinated, he was fortunate that it was not very bad. Like mild allergies, I think is how he put it. So um, that yeah, the, aller- the, the vaccine does not stop you getting it, but it does prevent severe illness. I was helping a man and woman in today from New York and they were double masks in my showroom. And I worked with them for an hour and a half on a, a sectional for their apartment in the new, in New York city. So, but they were double masked. And I, I still won't go without a mask on because when I saw him, he had on a mask, I had on a mask, you know, it was a lot of people there not masked. But I just, I don't trust people. And basically the ones I do trust are the ones still wearing a mask. And you don't see that, especially around here. You don't see much of that anymore. Even people that I know I can trust are like, I'm just tired of wearing it. I'm not wearing it anymore. Like, but it's still a major issue. So. All right. but, But anyways. Hopefully, people will start to learn and stop listening to idiots. But I don't foresee that happening anytime soon. Yeah. So, until next week, I guess that's it. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.